Hey everybody, welcome back to Punk Till I Die podcast. We are all the way up to number 43. I am one of your hosts, Tom Trauma, and somewhere in Illinois is your other host, Liverpool Neil. Say Illinois, hey, Neil. Illinois Neil, Skokie Neil, sure. Hey, hey Tom, how you doing Illinois today? Illinois Neil, you ready? After 35 years living in Illinois, you ready to change your punk name? I think maybe. Maybe, yes. Yes. Even... So, so speaking of great punk names. Yes. We have one of the, one of the all-time great punk names with us today. We have... I th- actually, I'll ask him. Ask him where he's at the moment. But we have longtime singer of the Independence, Evil Presley. Say hello, Evil. How you doing? Hi. Hi. How are you guys? We're doing I'm good, man. Murder Beach, South Carolina, right now. Are you okay? I was going to ask you that. You know, because yeah. right now the the weather is beautiful up here. I bet you. Are you like have hurricanes beating down on you, or are you like uh, it's sitting it's in the kind of crappy today? But it's been it's been sunny every day except for today, and today's been on off. Not bad at all. Uh-huh. I like I like the thunder, so it's, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. good with the with the horror punk goth kind of image you cultivated over the years, right? Sitting there oh, yeah, laughing, laughing at the thunderstorm, like shaking your fist in the air. <laughs> so, so let me ask. So, so I'm going to start with the with the with the dumbest question, but it applies to me too. So, when I was like uh, a teenager, you know, I started playing in bands. I christened myself Tom Trauma because it had a nice ring to it, and yeah, I've used it off and on definitely. over the years. And now I'm middle aged, right? And this thing is yeah. stuck with me. And I'm still using it sort of as my, and I use the term loosely, professional name. Is there ever a time where you went back and go, man, I wish I wouldn't have gave myself this name? Or you just fully embrace it still? No, I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, there, so. there you go. So uh, It could we, be worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in some but, countries it is, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. If it was like well, Mikey it, Vomit or something you'd been living with yeah, for, exactly. for 40 oh, years yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah that would suck. <laughs> Well, but the thing, and I guess with you, and and I don't, I, obviously nobody's looking at a picture of you. We're just talking, but I think your image fits the name. You know, what I mean, I think you definitely, uh, at least last time I, if you if you saw somebody walk, if you saw you walking down the road, you said, what would you call that person? I think Evil Presley would be one of the first ten things you thought of. You know, <laughs> but maybe Tom, not. please to ex- please to explain, because most of our listeners maybe have never seen him. So, well, he's just he's he's a big guy to begin with, tall guy. And he just he dresses like a like a like a punk rocker man, a punk or kind of rockabilly kind of kind of psychobilly kind of guy. I'm loving that. He just he's just he's just you know he's he just looks the looks the part. And maybe that's only when he's on tour. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so I don't actually know a ton about the the history of your band, but I have traveled to Myrtle Beach quite a few times. Like that was that's one of our big family vacation spots. And every oh, time cool. I get down there. I look for like punk stuff, and I can never find anything. So, how did you guys it's last? Definitely. How did you guys last six months, let alone let alone almost thirty years now down there? Well, we got the hell out of here. <laughs> I just hit the road, huh? Yeah, I mean, when we started, you know, I, I, back in the eighties, going to punk shows and stuff. You know, I, a lot of the first bands around here were good friends of ours and stuff, and everything was underground. Like we would rent VFWs or you know little places and one show a month would come to my town, Florence, where I used to live, and then they would play the next night in Myrtle Beach, and I'd go to both shows, and I don't know, it's just like, it's always been really cool underground, and then it blew up, of course, in the 90s, and now it's back to that underground, you know, like house party shows and shit, and it's kind of crazy seeing a bunch of old dudes in there, half of them bald, rocking out still to a house party, but it's great, you know, because still got some of these killer bands that, you know, we're just lucky to have be able to watch and see you know it's just you know so who's who's so okay this is this is way off topic because i do want to get into i'll go through the history of the band a little bit but 
Who's who we should be listening to right now? Who let people know what band should they be listening to from South Carolina right now? Because I am totally unaware of the scene down there, honestly. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time from here is a band called Uptight, and actually Willie B is a guitar player. He was in the okay. band for a while too before the, the um, Independence. It's a great, great fucking band. You can find some stuff on uh, online, I'm sure. They, they did a seven inch and they had a bunch of stuff recorded, but back then everybody put stuff out on tapes, you know, because. Yep. It was, you know, it's hard to even get a seven inch, and there's no such thing as CDs. But, but there's a lot of recordings of them. Uh, Bazooka Joe, which uh, the guitar player actually played keyboard for us. We kind of took everybody out of South Carolina who was any kind of band and tried to get them with us for at least a little while. I was gonna say um, your rhythm section has had enough people in it that you probably have, that's quite a few people at this oh, point, right? But Spinal Tap, a shame, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because so Neil, it's 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 Willie Willie and Evil. But I mean, you guys are the whole time, right? You guys have always been there. Yeah. We're the band, yeah. We we started the band. We had the first lineup lasted maybe five months, and then after that, it was kind of rotating. We had a couple guys for five years here and there, and then yeah, pretty much the last twenty years has been like just hired studio, you know, session guys or you know, whoever go on the road, just guys going tour, yeah, yeah, kind of hired guns. Hey, so, just I mean, we'd love to have members, but it's hard, you know, it's it's hard to do what we do because with the money and everything, you know. Yeah, so you guys are obviously like have a level of devotion that it'd be very difficult to get from somebody else at this point. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times too, you know, a lot of attention is on Willie and I, so they get yeah. upset about that, you know, cause there's been so many bass players, so many drummers and some people like that. You know, we, last tour we had uh, the drummer from children of October, Alan drums and the bass player okay. from a uh, black cat attack from Toronto. And they're hmm. like, man, I love this. No one gives a shit about us. I can do what I want to do, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's what you're into, you know, I, yeah. I just enjoy playing. And, you know, I think everybody on stage deserves a spotlight for sure. sure. So, so w- w- were you saying that one of the bands that are worth checking out was a band called Bazooka Joe? Yeah, Bazooka Joe. Okay, you know great, with great the uh, you know, I was going to say you know the you know the punk history behind that name, right? Does anybody know? I don't well, know. Neil, tell us the story. Ah. One of the Sex Pistols' first gigs was opening up for a band called Bazooka Joe, which uh, the young Adam Ant was actually the bass player, I believe, in Bazooka Joe. Really? Yeah. So there you go. See, See, old man history. Now you see. Now you see why I I hitched myself to this old wagon. (laughs) Yeah. He knows all this stuff. Trust me. Old man history. Well, you know, if you're over if you're over 45, you had to go out and go out of your way to find this music, so it sticks with you. You know, a lot of people like us are really, you know. We're walking encyclopedias. <laughs> That's to. true. If we can remember, we'd, right? We'd be, even better, <laughs> say, say, we'd be even better if we hadn't forgotten so much stuff. <laughs> or or drank it away. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's the issue there. <laughs> so so how did uh, so you guys just you more or less just hit the road right away as soon as you got started? You just have been more or less constantly touring the whole time. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the first tour we were actually going to do, <clears throat> which kind of sucks. I actually took a this band 49 reasons was going out. They wanted to go on tour and I wanted to book our band on tour, but our band couldn't go for some reason. So I booked their tour and we went out and they were, it was fucking great. I had them open up for fucking the Jayhawks and we went at Green Day on that tour. We met so many offspring, the Gruffs, later a couple of members you were in Rancid. And we met so this is early, early nineties or this is like really early nineties, mid nineties, ninety, I guess. I think okay. It was 90, 90. And it was, uh, I guess had to be, I guess we say we started in 92, so, but it was it was before 92, so that might be wrong when we started. But, you, uh, you might have to go in there and fix your Wikipedia page, huh? 
I have no idea. The 49 Reasons was the band. And okay. I remember we got back, and we were supposed to go out with the bass player quit. And we had to find a bass player while I was on the road. Back then, you didn't have phones, you didn't have computers. Sure. So you postcarded it, you know? And I had this fucking um, little thing somebody gave me from Radio Shack. It had like a digital thing for people who had rotary phones. So you could push the button, it was like a dial tone, and they put a different chip in it. And you had to do a certain thing to get a dime or a quarter or a nickel. And I booked tours like that. It was crazy. But um, Oh, oh you see yeah, what I got on the back. phone. Okay, I got you. Yeah, on the phone, like a little device used to have. You had the old rotary phones or whatever. But anyway, I got back off tour, and we were supposed to go immediately out with a band called Buzz Oven from Charlotte, North Carolina. I remember and that, that yeah. didn't happen. So yeah, great, great Kirk was a really huge help to me starting out, you know, with booking shows and stuff. And, and that was our first tour was canceled. Yeah, and that, that tour ended up being huge for them. And it was like, uh, but yeah, about 93, we went out with a band called Magadog. Did a, they were a ska band from Tampa, Florida. And that was our first really big tour. And we've done a lot of colleges and stuff like that and ever mm-hmm. since. So, so to we give were out the nine months a year for years. So to give the kid from, you know, small town, Southern America, hope in life, how does, how do these, how do you kids from South Carolina just starting out, how do you get on the radar of the great Joey Ramon? Who was, you know, one of the most famous, one of the most famous punk rockers in the world at the time. We, when we started out, you know, we were booking shows once a month at VFWs, and I started taking over for a friend of mine who, who was a singer of that band up tight. He actually had to join the Air Force because he had a kid to support and wasn't making a lot of money. You know, he left town, so I took over booking the shows, and you know, I was booking stuff like, oh, man, yeah, we had everyone coming through, you know, from you know, Rancid to uh, Green Day wanted to come. There's a lot of older bands, you know, there were, they, we had Citizen Fish, um, mm. So many, so many big metal. I mean, I had book metal, punk, whatever, and it was just everyone showed up, everyone hung out together because, you know, it was the only thing to do in town, and that just gave us the worth ethic. So meeting people like David Hayes, who helped start um, Lookout Records, who had, did very small records, <clears throat> and those guys would come through, and this band, Twenty Three More Minutes, gave me the holy grail, the notebook with everybody's numbers from the tour, you know, and that's <laughs> when we really started going, and we started touring, and I went to. My very first Ramon show was actually in Myrtle Beach, and I bumped into CJ and said, hey, let's go to this party afterwards, not realizing he was in the band. I was just playing pool next door to the venue. Just thought he was and some young, young, long-haired kid, huh? Yeah, he was cool. He was, I mean, he wasn't like on CJ Ramon or nothing like that. We were just shooting the shit. He was just so down yeah. to earth. I was like, man, my buddy Daryl, Zuka Joe's having a party at the show. Come on over. You know, we'll meet up and we go on the show. And, you know, I forgot the first band. I think it was Squirrel, a local band. And then they came on. I was like, holy shit, that's the guy we're just playing pool with. You know, that's, <laughs> that's cool. And they were awesome. And, and, you know, we're leaving. I'm like, there's no way that's, you know, we're going to see this guy. I'm not waiting around back all night. And I know he's, you know, he's going to come back out. Next thing I know, he's yelling my name from across the parking lot. Run jumps in my car. And we go to the party and became really good friends. I gave him a tape of the band. And, and uh, I, this band Platteretna was always like, don't give, you know, don't make somebody listen to your band. You know I mean? Give them the tape, but don't make them listen to it. So I was like, yeah, oh, here's the tape. I was kind of nervous, you know? And next thing I got a postcard from Paris or something like that. And he just, you know, we became really good friends. And about a year later, he got us on some Ramon shows and they had a long drive up to the show in Charleston from like Tampa or something. And Joey ran out of stuff to listen to. And we were doing the next four shows with him. So CJ said, check this out. This is, you know, this band's doing the next four shows with us. And he just 
listened to it and got addicted to the to the tape and they say, I know he's you know coming up to us at sound check and I'm like, Holy fuck, you know, this guy's literally like twenty feet tall to me. He looks like a premium man, it's like a god, you know, it's Joey Ramon. And he's just down to earth and, you know, we'll just talk for like an hour and they're supposed to go out to eat. He's like, no, I'm gonna stay here and, you know, shoot the shit and every day we'd show up and him and I would just, you know, talk for hours and we just became really really good friends it's it oh. crazy yeah it's, it's amazing how it happened he was just such a cool down-to-earth guy he was all about music and we, we had some crazy fucking stories and you know he, he definitely had a sick sense of humor so i think he liked the stories too the stuff that we went through so. so so let's let's that that's that's a good place to take a song why don't we stick a, the first song in there and then we'll come back and talk a little more about Joey because it was his birthday just a couple days ago. Yeah, it would have been 669. Man, that's crazy. It wow. is. Wow. But let's yeah, let's I don't remember. Do we do we pick an order, Neil? For well, what, I, what I, order we're... I tell you what, because um Joey was listening to something from the old days. Let's play one of the early songs. Let's play Little Blue off of the Stalker of the Stalker EP. So this is the Independence with uh this is the Independence with Little Blue. Let's all blow Blow what you do Oh, I know I'm confused And I it was true The mangers The chain in the journey The beast that cannot be sealed I'll never be the same By the Independence, I absolutely love love that song. It's a great song. Thank you. So, so, what year was that that you kind of? What year did you kind of become friendly with with Joey and and at what point did they were touring? At, on, that was the After Years tour. Uh, okay, I so that. like ninety. That's, that's the tour we did the show on early nineties. Okay. okay. So. The cover, the covers album. Yeah. Yeah. Which was supposed um, to be an EP, and then they stretched it out, which, I, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. So. You know, I enjoy it, too. I enjoy it in hindsight, I think. At the time, yeah. I wasn't that crazy about it. But 
you know, your favorite bands can rarely make an album that's good enough for you at the time. You know, it always takes a little bit of, always takes a little oh. bit of time to grow on it. So at what point did, whose idea was it that he should manage your band or who, was it your idea, his idea? How did this come about? No, it was, it was his idea. I mean, we just became friends on that tour. It was only four shows or something. It wasn't many. Okay. And, uh, you know, CJ and I were already, you know, really good friends too. And, you know, we were talking all the time and then, uh, he, his brother Mickey had a band called Stop, and Joey's like, you know, he really liked the fact that we did everything. We did the booking, we made our own merchandise, we made our own yeah. road case. I mean, everything we did it ourselves. And he was just like blown away by that. He's like, you know, there's not many bands that, you know, do that. And you know, and he, I showed him that device I had, and he's like, especially with that fucking thing, because you hit the button <laughs> wrong one time, you got to start all the way over. And of course. All my friends had the machine that did the quarters. Mine did nickels, so it was like I had to go. Dee, dee, dee. This is so <laughs> funny because I can't, I can't picture this thing. I gotta. You used to be able to buy a Radio Shack and it had the crystals. Um, the, oh god, you that gotta band find called it. Jack Acid from uh, from Berkeley. They gave it to me because I booked them several shows on tours and stuff, and they hooked me up with it. And it was the nickel one. I think they did it to get me back. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't pennies. No, nah, they, they were Ernst. <laughs> Ernst. His name was Ernst. Great guy. He was, he was a really cool guy. Well, it's so. obviously, you know, listen, I grew up in the age of pay phones and all that. You know, I remember when it was a dime even – and then, you know, yeah. went to quarter and 35. And then, and then after a while, the only people who used them were, you know, drug dealers and people cheating on their wives. But I, yeah. but I can't picture this device you're talking about. I, I don't know how technically savvy you are, but I, I want you to text me a picture or something. Shoot me a, shoot me a picture of this thing. I gotta figure, I gotta figure I'll out what to, it is. I have to look it up. I still got it in my warehouse with all my other shit. And I, you know, Do you really? Probably if I saw it, I'd probably smash it with a hammer. I hated that thing <laughs> so much. But it, but it really, I mean, it was a godsend because it helped me out. And I spent, you know, when I started, you know, using my own phone at home, it was like five, six hundred dollars to book, you know, of these small tours. Like, and back then, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of damn money, you know. Well, and everything was long so, distance. I mean, it really yeah, helped out. yeah huh. everything was long distance. Every call, it's like, good God, you know, what, what can you do? And then nurse gave me that. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Pain in the ass, but also at the same time, you know. What so. it seems like that's more honest than most people who talk about booking tours in those days, and they would just like go over to their friend's parents' house and just make. Illegal, long, you know, make long distance calls yeah, without asking. Yeah. So. I, I have never be a scumbag like that. that shit comes back, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, we've had we've had a couple of guys. One guy in the band did that on tour. You know, staying with a lot of our friends' houses and get back, ended up firing him. And all our friends are calling up. I just got all these long distance phone calls on my phone when you guys stayed here. It's like, oh, shit, you know, that's so crappy. Yeah. Oh dear, I've got some bad stories to tell you guys then. <laughs> I <laughs> haven't done that at, yeah uh, yeah we won't don't tell me you right did now. that Neil for one of your band's three shows that you stole long distance no, calls to no no it was it was when I was an exchange student down at U of I and the fucking frat oh. no but the frat guys would throw shit at me cause you know I had a shaved head or whatever but then when they found out I was from England then they wanted to invite me to the parties mm. so these uh. so these dickheads you know we'd go to the parties and drink their beer and then I would make long distance phone calls to England from the frat house so yeah. Well, see, that's different. Yeah. Right? They were dicks. Absolute <laughs> they dicks. They were like yeah. guys who were putting you up. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. To your buddies and stuff. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's true. And the only reason they wanted you there was because they thought you were going to get girls because of your stupid accent. And the funny thing was, I'd end up making out with their girlfriends and shit. So <laughs> there you go. even better. Yeah. <laughs> Double payback. You know, that like, does work. I remember going to a spring break one time and pretending I was an exchange student and speaking some <laughs> imaginary language. Everybody's giving me cigarettes and beers and it does work. You were like like the you're like the exchange student from Transylvania. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so 
Man, so I just I, I'm I'm so fast. You know, we we both love the Ramones, and we always it's like it doesn't matter who we have on, even if they don't have any relationship to the Ramones, we always ask them about, hey, did you meet the Ramones? Or because a lot of people have met them or played shows with them over the years. Uh-huh. So you love you love Joey. He was your dude. You love CJ. Did you uh, did you get to know about the rest of them, or was that pretty much the extent of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, you know, Joey. I called him Pop. He called me Son. He had. You know, three apartments in uh, New York, and two. He he bought one little studio, then he bought the one next to him. Was going to tear the wall down to make one big apartment, but they wouldn't let him do it. So then he had bought another one later on. And this is back in the seventies, was a lot cheaper now. And uh, he let me live there for free. You know, he, oh, was, no he was awesome. He was such a cool guy. And so you know, and he did that because he knew being in New York, going out, that's where everybody was. And if I went out with him, he could introduce me. To, he took me to the Grammys. And the Grammys, he wasn't even invited. We just jumped on the red carpet and walked in. Was Joey. Is that Everybody right? Him, you know? Oh, excellent. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that, like that the mayor. was really cool. Yeah, he was. I mean, we were sitting there. I remember seeing Bruce Springsteen's bodyguards. He's separated from everybody. He's walking by. And the bodyguards are freaking out. And I'm like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden, I see the bodyguards surround us because Bruce is kissing Joey's ass. And I had no idea. <laughs> Bruce was like, you know, totally kissing his ass. And, you know, they're talking about how he wrote, you know, Hungry Heart for him and Oh, yeah. all his old, everybody loved Joey. He was just such a cool guy, and he was no, you know, he wasn't a bullshitter. He, you know, he didn't have an ego. He, he was so down to earth. I mean, if he came, it, a lot of people just came up and just went crazy on him. You go out to parties with him, you know, and then they turned to his bodyguard, walked down St. Mark's, and some punk crusty guys jumped out and started punching him. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They were just so drunk and happy to see him that they were nuts. You know, it's just, <laughs> weird. There's all kind of weird stories like that. Going to have breakfast, going to Starbucks, and some dude's been up for two days screaming, you know, twenty, twenty-four hours to go, loud as he can, and Joey's here. It's like, come on, man, you relax. <laughs> yeah. Well, but um, but yeah, we uh, Didi. I remember, uh, yeah, Didi. One of my favorite stories we were at Coney Island High's place. We're staying out right around from where we lived, and uh, having a, a pinball tournament me and joey versus fucking lemmy and Didi. oh shut <laughs> up wow. now you just dropping names now i like the fact that i like the fact that he went to the red they walked the red carpet in the emmys that's crazy right no dude the playing, grammys yeah, or whatever yeah. it was whatever any of that's crazy dude he's yeah. playing pinball with that lemmy and joke. fucking Didi. that that's the that's, that's the story right there. Lemmy was you never was... knew that when you hang out with joey you never knew who you were gonna hang out with i remember you know i'm not trying to name i'm just i'm just trying to point out all these for people i remember having breakfast one time and molly ringwald walked in wow. with um roberta bait was the girl who took the first album cover and you know we're sitting there my girlfriend at the time and she's like oh my god there's molly ringwald and he's like hey molly ringworm come sit with us <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know we had breakfast with her and it was just like you know, he knew everybody and everybody knew him and everybody loved him he's just such a cool guy you know Mm. But you never, you never knew who you were going to meet with him, you know. And he knew that. That's why he was like, "Come with me, and I'm going to manage you." And you know, we were friends for several months. I know I'm skipping around like crazy now, but we were no, cool. no, go ahead. Go ahead. He asked me to to book a tour for his brother's band, Stop, and I did. That I was going to take him on tour to Florida, but something happened. I couldn't do it, and he was, you know, he was just impressed by all that. And I, I still got the answer machine, you know, message where he called up saying, you know, "Hey, man, I'm fucking." I, I got to manage you guys. I love your band. You guys have the worth of ethics. You guys are out there doing it. And I just, I want to help you out. And, mm. You know, and that's how it started that, you know? So, so did, I took he... that tape out, went to a party and played it for all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, you're putting on <laughs> that you voice. That, have you used that on a song? You almost, you almost need to use that on a song, right? 
Oh man, I've got I've got hours and hours of answer machine messages. He used to call me up no matter what. Usually no later than ten, but always at least at ten o'clock in the morning. You know, get up out of bed, you know, and it's like singing, you know, it's just being funny, joking around and stuff. And yeah, I, you know, my mom kept a lot of that because I was living at home at the time because, you know, we were touring, couldn't really afford. And, yeah. and, you know, friends too, like anywhere we'd go on the road, I'd have to call him and tell him where we're staying. And he would call them up the next morning. We'd party all night and hear him on the screen. Yeah, you will get up off your ass and get on the phone. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm in Augusta, Georgia, or, or Santa Fe, New Mexico, or something, and he's on somebody's answer. She doesn't know, you know, yelling at me. Nah. Get up, get he, and phone. you've been out till 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they all, you know, all those people, I guarantee every one of them saved those messages. Yeah. I oh, would. definitely. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, so how, how, was, uh, how was Johnny to deal with? Because we've heard mixed, mixed stories about Johnny. You know, Johnny was always, I mean, when we toured with him, you know, I met, I met Johnny I met him at a convention before that first show. We were there. I was there to um, hang out with the guys in the Misfits and stuff up in Jersey. And Bobby Steele was playing. I went to go see the Undead play this killer convention, oh, hard convention. Bobby. And Johnny, yeah, and and you know we'd already done some shows with Bobby, and so we came and we were hanging out with him. And Johnny was in the bathroom taking a piss by me. And I'm like, oh, it's Johnny Ramone. That's fucking cool. And I walk out, and he just starts shooting the shit. And we had a couple of friends in common, and he was really cool. And then I didn't see him again. I, I did tell him, I asked him about his that show in Myrtle Beach because we were trying to get on it. Man, I totally forgot about this. Yeah, we, I said, yeah, I've got a show in Myrtle Beach. We'd like to get on. I don't think there's an opening band. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And yeah, I never saw him again until that show. And he did. <laughs> and I remember him saying to me after the show because I was waiting for season. I'm like, I'm not going to wait anymore. He's like, hey, I tried to get you on that show. This is like three or four months later. I'm like, how the fuck does this guy even remember this? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that far into their career. I mean, they were already like 15 years into their career by then. Yeah, I mean, this is like some random dude you met at a Harkin that you probably met uh, 800 people that day or something, you know? And then a couple months later, he saw me and just said, I tried to get you on the show. So, so, so just out of curiosity, this is just a neither here nor there, but where would the Ramones play in Myrtle Beach? What was the venue? Oh man, there's so many. This place called the Headroom used to be the Purple Gator. Huh. I, okay. I saw them there, and then we ended up next time. The next, I saw them there, and then the next tour we opened up for them there. And okay. it was here for several years. There's been, uh, there's always been at least one big venue here for a while. There was the After Deck, there was um, Ground Zero, was a bunch of cool places. And then when House of Blues came, that just kind of wiped everybody out. Yeah, I, you, see, you know, I see the House of Blues. You had to, yeah, any, any, you know, it's anything under a hundred is cool everywhere else, but anything over hundred, you know, it's like the house of blues. So, so, but, so, so, yeah. how, how was always cool. How big was that hmm. venue that that you were just talking about? Was that just a was it a thousand or five hundred or what? Uh, probably fifteen, fifteen hundred. Okay, probably. yeah. I was gonna say they yeah. played usually at like thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand rooms. Yeah. yeah, I mean the first time the first show we played was in Charleston. It was like five hundred people, supposedly. Hmm. I mean that it was a and. It was weird downtown Charleston on Cobble Streets, and and it was so. I mean, they said they held five hundred, but they probably put eight hundred in there. It was ridiculous. Mm. I mean, it was ridiculously packed and hot. So it was pre-COVID when we used to just breathe all over each yeah. other, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what: <laughs> once shows come back, stuff. it's gonna start all over again. So when you so was he able to open up some doors for you guys or was it just i mean i mean was was joey able as a manager able to get you in some cool stuff or was it just like awesome yeah, to be I mean, hanging around with him it was kind of cool because we were already you know 
going out and we were already playing shows with you know the guys in Rancid and you know the, um, my dad the Misfits, Voodoo uh, Glow Skull. These bands were you know a lot a lot of them were still up and coming bands at the time, you know. Sure. And they started blowing up, and Joey's getting us in the doors. And, you know, I'm going to New York. I'm going to his lawyer's office because there's some movie contracts. Wants to use one of our songs, and I'm walking in. And this guy represents, you know, Madonna, the Zappa family, the Ramones, like all. The guy even represented Biggie Smalls and Tupac. He was wow. the same guy, same lawyer. But you walk in the place like a museum. I remember like Beirut outfits and all this kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. And I mean, the stuff that you know. You would not think about like commercials, you know, and, and movies and stuff. They pay so well. I mean, he was able to get us on some of that stuff and, hmm. you know, definitely got us on some good tours, got us back on tour with Ramones again and got us out with some other bands and, you know, playing with Cheap Trick and hmm. produced us to Ronnie Spector. We did a bunch of shows with Ronnie Spector, which is, sounds like really? an odd bill. But we, yeah, it, it is great. interesting. Yeah, huh. it was really, we had great, we did probably at least 10 shows with her over the years. And was, so, I mean, we did a, <laughs> we did a show the first, real festival in Woodstock. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't huge, but it still put 2,000 people or something. And I remember he got us on that and it was the morning that Princess Di had died oh. in the car wreck. <laughs> and it was a bunch of, it was like, I remember waking up in the hotel room and it's all over the news and we used to have this casket we put on stage, you know, and we, we <laughs> were playing and, you know, it's a bunch of hippies and stuff and there's a couple of punks out there, but it's mainly older people that are not into us at all. And right in the middle of the song, we stop and I'm just like, I want to thank Princess Di for being here today and playing the oh. golf. It's like dead <laughs> silence, dead silence. And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> just Joey's laugh so loud <laughs> it was just the humor I'm like thank god thank god so that <laughs> one laugh made it that. worth it right oh yeah he, he thought it was so fucking funny you know but oh that's like, oh man tell <laughs> so, you what let's, so loud too. we should uh, play another song maybe sure shoehorn it in there Neil shoehorn it in alright um, <laughs> let's play um, let's play one of the newer ones did you say this was your latest single Isabella or is it was it from yeah. a couple years yeah, that, ago that's a, it's about two years old but it's the last thing that we've put out okay I think okay cool um, so this is uh, Isabella by again by the Independents. <laughs> Talk is Isabella, my 
Isabella, good song. So, so there was a. I, I read all the Ramones books. I never had the pleasure to meet any of them, unfortunately. Actually, I think I might have talked to CJ on a podcast once, and I think maybe at some point we'll reach out to him. But so, um, I read all the books, right? And one of the most interesting yeah. ones was was the Monty Melnick one. It was called On Tour with the Ramones. Yeah. And it, talk, it talked about being their yeah. tour manager. And one thing that's really cool about it, if you're a Ramones fan, it's got every show they ever played in the back. So if you oh, want to yeah. go back through and find the shows you were at, which I did, I thought that was pretty cool. But one thing he gets into, and I haven't read a lot about it in other books, was Joey's OCD. Did you have to deal with a lot of that, or was that not really an issue at that by that by this? No, point? not 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 really. I mean, there was like um, a cute little thing he did. He walked out of his house, and and we'd go to get you know go walk to get breakfast or something. He'd stop off the curb. He kind of stand it for a second and kind of step down, step, you know, take his one leg and kind of put it down and up like two or three times and then we'd walk <laughs> off. You know, it was like, that was it. Huh? But it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't really, I didn't notice it for a long time and it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, okay. it's just, it's kind of a cute little quirk thing that he did, you know, and, you know, I've heard, you know, stories about him locking and unlocking his door and stuff like that, but I, I never noticed it. And, you know, I was running for years and, you know, we, you know, we go on tour, you know, with those guys. Like half the time, CJ would put us in his room. Sometimes Joey, you know, we and him would fly up to like Boston and do radio shows, or he would DJ and hmm. uh, stay in the rooms with him and stuff. And he, he never did any crazy shit like that. I mean, he might have had some stuff in the past, but he overcame a lot by the time I came hmm. around. I guess. See, so. if you read if you read uh, Marky's book, it makes it sound like Joey's a basket case. But yeah, but that's Marky, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know. <laughs> We're anti Marky on the we're anti Marky on this well, show you know, because he wrote that book and he pissed all over Johnny and he pissed all over I don't know I'm not, I'm not too impressed. well that's because they're not around to defend themselves that's and that's exactly the problem right and that sucks it does I mean, it does suck Marky, we actually had somebody tell us off the air the real truth about Marky but we won't share it that's under well, our hats I always go right along now. with Marky we always got along with Marky Gray it was fun to be around on tour and stuff and. Yeah, he when he was, was drinking or after he was, was this when he was drinking? No, he, was after he, was drinking? he wasn't drinking, but he was acting like he was drinking. <laughs> I remember one time we were, we were just hanging out a lot of Palooza and we're hanging out backstage and he just picks up this big steak and just bites it. And my friend, you know, is a vegetarian and he's sitting there looking and he takes a steak, a big ribeye and bites it and sucks on it, bites and sucks it. And he took this whole juicy steak and made it to like a fucking beef jerky thing and then put it down. He didn't bite it and chew it. He just bite it and sucked the juice out of it. 
Well, you know, maybe it's not so like bad, aren't you? That might be the weirdest story I've ever heard, actually. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> we like, just suck in a steak. To, like, pay him money to eat roaches and shit. You know, they, they kind of were like, would you 50 bucks to eat a roach or 20 bucks? And he would eat a bug, you know, like whatever. And That's because he, that yeah. di- he was on that per diem. He wasn't a full member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, That's given fun. that, they, 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 they didn't pay very well. But, you know, but he was fun to be around. As I'm saying. He was always doing like, practical jokes and stuff. But after they broke up, you know, he did a solo thing. I know he got mad at us and said some shit because Joey was promoting us and Joey didn't promote his band and he went to the British press and talked a bunch of shit about us and I was like dude what the fuck I confronted him at backstage at a Misfits show and the girl who did the article he's like oh she don't like me I don't like her I didn't say it I'm like whatever you know it's like stupid man I, you know, don't get mad at us because Joey promoted us not you and, and since then you know I see him it's fine but you know I, I, didn't, you, I didn't read the book, but I heard about it. And I, you know, are you? Uh, bullshit, I, I, I did read it. I have it laying on my nightstand here, as a matter of fact. But did you? You uh, are you still in touch with uh, CJ then, or did you guys lose touch over the years? No, we still talk. Everyone, I mean, we bump into each other and stuff. We're definitely not as close as we used to be. But you know, it's, I, if they come around, I'll go see him. We, you know, some of the Joey show. We did a couple songs together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a good guy. You know, he's got a family and all that kind of stuff. He's not wild like he used to be. Yeah, he yeah. moved out west. <laughs> Moved out west. Yeah, moved out west. But you know, I, I still got kind of a wild streak in me. So, <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because if we'd have been smarter, if I had been smarter, I'd, I'll take the blame. I, we could have coordinated this a little better, and we could have actually promoted the birthday show. Of course, they still do the birthday show every year, and this year they had to move yeah. it online, which is a which yeah. we're really struggling with this. Neil and I are struggling with this thing, having stood in dingy clubs for. Yeah, you know, forty years. thirty years for me and forty years for yeah. him. It's just we're having a hard time with this online stuff. It's just not the same. But I guess it's we do. What we can do. Yeah, no. you don't no. have that contact. You don't have all that, you know, energy. It's just, and I'm going to be shake old man Kane. You know, you you go to shows now, and a lot of these kids come out and they see one band and they're all packed. And as soon as that band's over, they leave. They don't get yep. there early, hang out, watch the yep. bands, party. There's Drink no, too much. you know, yeah. There's no scene. You know what I mean? Like there used to be a scene, yeah. like it was a family, and you all support each other. And you party with each other after the show, and it was like an event. Now it's just like everyone comes out for one band, they leave. One band, they leave, and it's just like kind of weird. There's no it unity, is. I guess. The kids don't stay uh, for the older bands anymore. It's it's funny because the scene is very divided. It's very divided by age. There's no there's no attention span for a lot of people. Yeah. That's you know, true too. Younger Canel, yeah. You know, sure. it's funny you say you say sing along. So I'm, I'm going to tell a r- real quick anecdote just because that's what we do, right? So my uncle's a few years older than me in his early 50s, and he was he grew up on classic rock, right? Loved the Beatles, loved uh, you know like just crappy 70s rock that we all grew up listening to. Right. And he wanted to go to a punk show, so I took him to see you guys. Oh, it was at at, at the sorry. tip top, at the tip top <laughs> in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Well, it's, it was it was funny because my our mutual friend Todd's band Ausland was <clears> opening. And yeah. uh, and my uncle's like, wow, this is really cool. I think I'm finally starting to get this. And then, you know, you guys were playing. And, and at one point, you were kind of walking out in the audience and, like, putting your microphone in people's faces. And we were taking turns singing. And the song was, I believe, Dance the Night Away, like Van Halen oh, yeah. style. <laughs> Does that sound right? Were you playing that a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah, we did that, we did that a couple tours. So, yeah, you, you bridged the gap of a of a guy who – but it was so funny because he's like, yeah, dude, I get it now. I get it. You know, I'm like, all right, cool. So, anyway. Well, and, anyway I mean, it was... A lot of the independent stuff is, though. I mean, it's very – you know, there's a lot of rock and roll influences right yep, there. Yep, there's a lot of 50s. There's a lot of rockabilly in there. And, yep. yeah, it's yeah. it's good. No, no I mean, the we, we grew up in a small town, and we were always open-minded because, you know, anyone was different hung out together, and you had to put right. up with each other. So, yep. 
you know, that was another, you know, connection that we had with Joey, that he was such a music fan. He got it. He saw the influences. And, you know, in the 90s when ska was big and, you know, everyone had to look a certain way and play a certain way or this punk was big, you know, everyone's got to put their little fucking barriers up and, you know, the seamsters yeah. and shit. And we were always like, fuck that. We're just going to have fun and do our thing. And a lot of people got it and some people didn't get it, you know, but, you know, hmm. it's all about, you know, just doing your influences and having a good time, you know. So you were talking about you were, we talk, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the last time you, you played Grand Rapids about your van your van got broke down you end up staying in town for like a week and a half. Yeah, that was one of the first tours we did. We were up there with yeah, we were in a Volkswagen van with six guys equipped. See, no, this might not have been the most. Hamburg see, this town. might not have been the most recent time then because I just remember no, no. you you guys showed up at like. Danzig was playing with Doyle at a club on, yeah. on the other side of town. Do you guys remember rolling into that? Because you guys obviously are very yeah. noticeable rolling in. Yeah. Steve Zings gave us tickets. We got there a night early and he's like, come on out and hang out. So we all went and party with those guys and stuff the night before. The time the van broke down was like early 90s. And it was, oh, okay. yeah, we were, we were like broke as hell, had nothing. And, and, and we were in a Volkswagen van. We had to go to a special place to get sick. And it's going to be a week and a half. So we lost all our shows and Todd was like, you know, from, he was in the crabs at the time. He's like, just yep, stay yep. with me and I'll, you know, I'll cook for you. You know, it might be ramen, but I'm cooking for you. And, and <laughs> you know, we would go around and pick beers up, beer bottles around town because you could recycle them there, which you can't do here to make money. You know, you yeah, yeah. there, you got paid, you know, 10 cents like, a piece. I don't know what it was, but yep. 10 cents a piece, it felt like $10 to me because, you know, we were out picking it and we'd go buy a case of beer or whatever, as much as we could get and drink that and take the bottles back, walk around town. And, yeah, we did that for about a week and a half and help around the house and he was just i don't know that guy that was that, just, that was guy. when you decided to buy american right and it was econo lines from then on out <laughs> yeah really yeah i mean i could have killed that base but you know he paid for it with his own money and he's like i'm buying a van and we're like you know showing him all the vans he comes up that damn volkswagen van like, oh man <laughs> <laughs> i think our drummer just had a bass drum and a snare i don't think they get a floor tom or, or anything else because it wouldn't fit we had no way to carry it so and those probably probably like air. It was the old air cool. That's just like nine hundred degrees in there. And, ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was miserable. <laughs> so you let's stick a song in. Let's stick another song in, Neil. And then you asked me a question earlier that I thought was a great question. I have no idea, and it might seem totally absurd. Do you remember what the question was? I do. Okay, so let's play another song, and okay. then you can ask him because I'm curious about that too, and I don't know that we might be totally barking up the wrong tree, but it'd be an interesting thing anyway. Okay, let's do the um, let's do the Rancid cover that they did for the Rancid uh, ah, yes. covers album. So um, this is uh, Red Hot Moon by the Independents. <laughs> I'm an individual and you're stuck in a haze Oh hell no, 
Jesus, cause she says so And she knows her friends are so fuck you Don't get no closer It will only make her a Red Hot Moon. From a double album that came out a couple of years, a few years ago called Hooligans United. We actually played another song from that, Neil. We played the muster plug version of uh, Roots Radicals. Yes, that's correct. We that's did a great good. record. That's a great good memory. It's a great yeah. release. Yeah. Um, so the, the muster plug are our big, in Grand Rapids, are kind of our big local band, have been for years and years yeah. and years. I assume you've played with them over the years just oh, based yeah. on. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're great friends of ours. Great friends of ours. Cool. cool. A few times. So, so Neil asked me a question today, and I'm like, I have no idea what the answer to that is. But, but why don't you ask him, Neil? I'm, I'm very curious of his thoughts on this, just because that was such a weird situation. Well, no, no, it's not that. No, no, it's <laughs> nothing weird. No, but it's it, it's just especially because you were in that area, and you've actually mentioned the Misfits a couple times. So when Jerry Only was, you know, after Danzig left, and Jerry Only was still carrying on with the Misfits. Well, and, like ten years later. When he got Michael Graves in and all that kind of stuff. So did he? Did yeah. he? Did he ever ask you to sing? Because your voice is incredibly strong, but you also do sound a little bit like Danzig. So did he ever ask you to sing with the Misfits? Yeah, we 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 talked about it. You know, it was there was some. Um, I remember there was a warp tour they were doing, and Joey actually called me up and said, "Hey, can you sing for the Misfits?" And Marky was playing drums. And Hold that area. I remember yeah, he yeah. said, "When it, it before Michael Graves, there was some talk about it too." I went to the the factory up there and met him. They're really cool guys. And then, you know, that was the time I went to go see uh, Bobby Steele, and you know, it was you know, 
I, I love those guys. Don't get me wrong, but I just, you know, Misfits with Glenn, the Misfits after that, you know, I know they used the name because it kept going, but yeah, you know, I wish they would yeah. call it something different, but still a great record, you know, and you know, great records and good guys and stuff, but that's just my personal thing. But yeah, we, Joey called me up. I remember there was a couple of times that was, there was some talks about it, but no, independence is my main thing. And the last time it was, uh, the war tour, you know, Joey called me up and said, Hey, you know, they'll get you a 30 minute spot on the war tour. You can go back out on that tour again. And, you, you know, sing with the misfits. And, you know, he's like, really, you know, I'm, if you do it, I'll come out and I'll do a couple of songs too. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. So you, you know, so you would be able to, that, so you'd be able to do an independent set and do the misfits set. Yeah. I would do like 30 minutes. You know, okay. Yep, third yep. stage independence. And I would later on do the misfits thing. That's the what Joey had told me. Yep. And, you know, and Joey was going to come out and do a couple of songs, too, every day. He was going to do the tour, too. And I don't know how many shows it was. It's been so long ago. But I agreed to do it. Yeah, I finally agreed to do it. And then Marky wouldn't do it with me. <laughs> That's what? what Joey told me. Uh, yeah, Marky didn't want to be on stage with me. because Just, not, just another yeah. reason not to like Marky. Well, you know. <laughs> Whatever. That's well, a long time ago. So. You know that that, that you mis- know, I, Marky never told me that. That's just what Joey told me. Yeah. So. Well, and, I remember the epic like Joe Joey Marky fights on Howard Stern. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah. There's some they, good ones. They, they yeah. were they were they, they, they poor Joey. I remember like they called him up and woke him up talking shit, and he was like half asleep, didn't know what was going on. He was so pissed about that. You know? <laughs> he just, they, he, you know, he was very. They were very private. Those guys. They didn't want the world knowing all their shit. You know, they yeah. they were they loved each other. Even though they hate each other, they loved each other. They were the Ramones. There was like them against the world. And you know, if you fuck with Joey, I guarantee you, Johnny would have fucking jump on hit you with his guitar and, and vice versa. You know, Joey would hit you with mic stand. Someone that's you know, it's funny. I just. I just read a quote like that, and it was kind of funny because it was a Johnny quote, and it was like you know, obviously that they're famous for not liking each other at the end. At, well, not even at the end for like the last ten years or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny, you know, talking about the Misfits thing. Obviously, this is totally off topic, but it's, you know, I think the Graves albums you were saying they were decent records, no question about it. But you're right. I think every, most all of us that were original Misfits fans said, "What are, what are you doing here? This is insane!" Right. So it's yeah. it's kind of a lose lose it's a lose lose situation. I think Graves did a did a pretty good job overall, but you know yeah, I mean, there's no way he could do it good enough, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, I mean he's not going. And what they did was totally different. I mean it was good, and it would have been better if it just been you know Misfits AD or exactly AD after yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. Just something that, really like GBH yeah. charged, you know what I mean? Like just a little yeah, something just to, just to make it a little different. But you know some people like that verse that that line up better than the other and you know like you said we grew up with the original and yeah those people are those people are idiots i'm sorry that's not (laughs) i mean that's the thing the thing is with that but those are kids who got into it in that era if the first thing they ever heard was famous monsters i mean i get that and then you go back and you listen to this crusty sounding you know punk rock stuff i I can see that but it's famous monsters it's a fine album it's it's a good album if if it was by any other band it would be yeah but it's very 90s be happy for them period i mean be happy that you know they had the first lineup. They did the second lineup. Okay, I'm not you know, thrilled about, you know, they kept the name, but they did for them. And then they got back and they did fucking, they're doing stadiums. Great. They deserve it. You know, they those guys, well, you know, they were around playing in front of basement shows in front of nobody back in the day. And, you know, yeah. if you could do it, I'd be happy for you. You know, I'd be happy for anyone yeah. who can do it, you know. The so, truth of the matter is the yeah. Graves, the Graves, the Graves lineup was be- way better live than when Jerry was the lead singer. 
you know, if he, I'm sure you saw. Oh yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, when Jerry we'll was singing, yeah, yeah. yeah, we did, we did shows. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was yeah, cool, it was pretty cool seeing Marky and when they first started doing <clears> it, it was Marky and Dez, and it was like they were basically like a punk rock supergroup, and they were playing like Rise yeah. Above, and they were playing I don't know Blitzkrieg Bop or something. They were doing songs by all bands. It was pretty pretty cool actually, even though they weren't really very good. I didn't think, but it was a cool show to see. So what? I wish I tell you the the loser in this whole situation to me is I wish I wish they would have brought Bobby Steele in for a couple of these big reunions. Oh, yeah, shows. I mean the, the, his guitar is like one of the. I mean I love Doyle, but Bobby's guitar sound. I mean that's just, it's, he's still got it. If you go see him now, I mean it, that he does guitar playing. It's awesome, Doyle. and 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 you know I like AC too. The guy that got to, to fill in or whatever. He's, yeah, he's I don't a know guy him at all. too, but. You know, he's been around for a long time. He played with Joan Jett. He played with the Murder Dolls and he, he Dope and all these bands, you know. But I wish, you know, I wish they'd put a spot there for Bobby because, I mean, they're not letting AC jump around and do anything. He's kind of stuck there. And, you know, Bobby, you know, he's not going to go crazy or anything. But it'd just be nice to have one show at least with him up there. Give him his, give him his credit, you know. Well, and the fact of the matter is Doyle is basically a rhythm guitar player. So they had to bring somebody in to play those leads. Why not bring Bobby in? Like you said, eh, but I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't I don't know if there's still bad blood between the two of them after all these years or what. But I've I love seen, Bob. I've seen Bobby and Jerry hang out. I've seen Bobby and Doyle. All those guys hang yeah. out. I've just never seen Glenn and Bobby hang out. So I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened there because I know that Glenn, you know, tried to help the undead out at first. You know, he, I, yeah, he, he put, put out the first, the first record. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say the first yeah. record was on Glenn's label. So yeah. obviously, it wasn't always bad blood. But I saw I saw yeah. the undead a couple of years ago. So uh, Bobby's wife is like the second guitar player, guitar player. And they have a really cool family vibe. I got to say, I love them. I love the music they're doing now. They're not trying to be scary. They're sort of going with more like the, like the monsters, kind of the tongue in cheek. Yeah. Groovy ghoulies kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love them. I, matter of fact, I think I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to reach out to Bobby, see if, see if he wants to see if I can catch up with them. But yeah, they just, they seem like a family, you know, they're just, they, they don't, they don't play a ton and I know they're not, not super active anymore, but, but yeah, I love the undead and I know they were just recording something. So hopefully, yeah. uh, so, all right, let's, uh, so we've talked about the Ramones. We've talked about the misfits. Let's take a little break and then let or take a break. Jeez. What are we on the freaking radio? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing yeah. here? What am I doing here, man? What am I doing here? I don't know. Let's, but uh, I... let's, I think let's stick it up. Let's stick it with their song. And then I want to talk about what we've been talking to everybody about. Unfortunately, like, what do you do now when you're in a band that went that can't play shows? So let's, uh, yeah, well, also we want to, we want to ask evil about his own band. We want to talk about the independence. That's a what, yeah, bit yeah, that what would be doing. fair, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's, yeah, let's I had a band. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But it's, it's not our fault that you have such awesome friends, dude. That's honestly. true, man. I've That's been very <laughs> blessed, man. I've been very, very lucky. Those yeah, are some no great kidding. some great stories. So let's play um let's play Baby Doll. Now where's now where's Baby Doll off of? Baby Doll's off Eternal Bond, that album. Okay. Alright, so this is the independence with Baby Doll. So we Yeah. 
There it was. Baby Doll by the Independence. So so Joey actually produced one of your EPs too, right? Yeah, he, well, he did the Back from the Grave album, him and Daniel Ray. Who, okay. uh, oh, Daniel, Daniel did was... some stuff with the Ramones, and he did uh, yep. he did uh, stuff with the Misfits, the newer Misfits too. Like, okay. I guess they're two records. So, so you but you guys have been you and Willie have been doing this thing for well pretty close to thirty years now. Yeah, yeah and you're crazy. you're used to touring just constantly, right? Get in the van and yep. go, and now all of a sudden yep. you find yourselves grounded more or less. So what do you, what what do, what do we do now? We write a new record. We uh, what 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 are we gonna do? What do you do if you're a band that can't tour? Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, it's just we were going out on a tour. You know, had bought a ton of merch. You know, we do a lot of our own merch, but it still yep, costs yep. money to stockpile to go out. Sure. We got two shows in, and everything got canceled. Oh, and so you were out on the you on. were out on the road. Yeah, we were out. Just, we were out. Okay. We were doing our, we did our second show in Pensacola. We did a uh, Columbus, Georgia, then Pensacola, Florida. And our bass player was like, "Man, they're they're canceling, they're closing the borders. I got to fly back to Canada." And then our drummer was in Pittsburgh, and they were canceling flights. And everything, shows were being canceled. All these big festivals were doing. It's like fuck. So we just came home, and you know, had plans. We're, we're doing like a a whole like a kind of a limited edition box set type thing um, of everything, you know, all the releases, even the early tapes that we've never really put out since back in the you know when we first started pictures posters videos and stuff and working on that and then my dad got really ill he was kind of ill mm. before and basically it's kind of a blessing that you know that we're not really able to tour because i'm able to concentrate and take care of him right now and uh but you know there's no money coming in so we're printing our logo on underwear and bags and you know this uh, i saw that today deal with <laughs> that yeah. i saw you got I mean, g-strings lucky yeah that we have people <laughs> Luckily, we have people that you know love the band who will buy stuff with our name on it. It really helps us out. You know, it's well, yeah, yeah. crazy to think that, but you know, they people dig it. You know, and and we did the deal with the, the Liquid Death Water. There, you know, if you buy from them, they're helping a lot of bands out right now. They, they use our code, they get ten percent off, and we get a little percentage of the sales. And a lot of weird things like that going on right now. I'm just hmm. trying to do everything I can to keep the name of the band out there, help my father, and get some money coming in to pay the bills because you know. Let's be honest. Sure. I mean, I will have ten thousand streams on Facebook, not Facebook, but do whatever, and then Spotify and all shit, and I'll get a check for, you know, five bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Can't even buy a pack of smokes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. I think, you know, so you, let's let's talk about where we can find your stuff because so you do make a ton of a ton of merch, and you have a pretty recognizable logo. For being honest, I, maybe you learned that from the Misfits, honestly, right? Because man, they oh, yeah, put their name they they put their name on everything. Um, as a matter of fact, I think Jerry just put the band back together. They should, you know, you were saying this should be the Misfits AD. It should have been the Misfits TM, because <laughs> yeah. oh, very good. Put, I see what you did there. Yeah, but, but no, it's yeah. but it's true. And, and when they tour too, they have a ton of a ton of stuff. So where can we? So you have you're on social media, but we're uh, you guys have your own website, right? How do we find you? Yeah, you go to independence.net. We have a big cartel page that has everything on there. I mean, okay. and, and thing is, we're lucky because Willie he prints most of the stuff because he has a t-shirt printing business that he does okay. for a lot of bands. Oh, cool! And uh, we just put stuff up there that he knows he can print and people ask for. And if they, a lot of times we have backstock, but right now we don't. We have a lot of stuff from the tour backstock, but there's a lot of one-offs like the underwear. Someone orders it, he orders the underwear, he prints it for him, sends it out. You know, so mm. kind of like that. People ask us to do specialty items, you know, we'll do it, you know, because the money's got to come in from somewhere. Sure. So thank, so, you know, thank how, God he can do that. You know, he's willing to do that. 
how much extra to have it printed, have a pair of Independence underwear printed, have you wear it for 24 hours? Jesus, what? Then throw the it fuck? in the package. That's extra. That's that's twenty. That's twenty well, bucks extra. There, God damn it! it it's used though. Video or, is there video or pictures taken? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Might make the price go down. Yeah, exactly. What, what, you get like limited underwear. It's like one of a hundred, two of a hundred. You know? Oh man! Like you do with a record. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, definitely check that. Check that stuff out. Yeah, the streaming thing is not a very good model for bands to make very We're much money. Really obviously. lucky. We get. I mean, I mean, just I know Spotify does five ten thousand at least. I mean, we get some heavy you know stuff on there, and we go through CD Baby, and they give me a report. And it's, hmm. it's fifty thousand or more, and you know you get a check for thirty bucks. It's just crazy. It's like you know people are yeah. listening; they're just not buying. You know, it's like the you know going to the Ramones. I remember CJ, you know, and Joey talking about you know South America. You know, they're playing bullfighting arenas in front of sixty thousand people, yeah. but they don't sell any records down there. They all burn one tape and they all bootleg it. You know, and it's just like <laughs> it's kind of like it is now. You know, you got to, and that's why we have the merch too because when we play the shows that's really where you make your money you know because you're not yep. making it off the, the sales of the music online or anything so. that's the sta- sad state of of things right now well and the fact of the matter is so you guys see a lot of bands now you'll notice they have hot sauce they have all kind of crazy oh, yep, shit because yep. they're just trying yep. to keep going you know social the d bigger, has, social d has be... coffee believe it or not yeah, yeah. Beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. beer. We, we've done beer yeah small batches i love coffee but yeah yeah, another, <laughs> if I had to give up one or the other, I'm giving up coffee before I give up beer. Right? Another it's another state of grind. Might have the hot sauce and everything. Yeah, there you go. Well, that but the problem with the hot sauce is expensive to ship. You kind of you know, it, I had a a friend send me some for review purposes, which was pretty cool yeah. actually. I've I've actually reviewed some beer. I've reviewed a bunch of things. Um, so so your last album was what 14 or 15? Last full length album? Oh sh- oh man, it was quite a few years ago. 14, I think. 2013, 14. So yeah, it's been a while. I keep. Yeah, that might have been the year. That might have been the year I saw you guys at the tip top. I can't even remember. Into um, the in, into the light was 2014. If that was the last okay. one, yeah. Boy, that okay. was when I was. I actually reviewed that for Punk News. That was like one of my first like my first year reviewing. Hmm. Um, I love I love the album. It had very little. Uh, it actually had very little ska. On it. Yeah, yeah. There's only one song on there. That's why you loved it, Tom. Yeah, it. you know I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge <laughs> I never got into Scott too much, um, but I was. It was fine. into I mean, light, a lot of people. Yeah, was into the light like about. Ultra. Yeah, was into light actually about Joey or was this? Or am I missing that? Or was that something else? I, I my mom had just passed away. Ah. Willie had lost his brother and his father, and my, you know, it was really you know the lyrics were you know about that about my mom. Okay, of course Joey and you know. We lost Will and I. I mean, there was a group of probably 20 of us back in high school that grew up, and unfortunately, at least 18 of those guys are gone now because oh, you drove this guy in and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of shitty because you know all my good friends, you know, so don't get close. Most of my good friends are gone now. Yeah, you know, so that that had a lot of influence on that record. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just thinking about that, the loss and everything, and wanting to call my buddies up to go to the bar and hang out and shit. They're all dead. You know, it sucks. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very, and they don't want to go to the bar. <laughs> very serious record, yeah. Um, yeah. Very serious, but very good. So, is there even? I mean, at this point, is there, is it even make sense to make new music? Is that is that on your radar? I mean, are you, are you always working on writing a new record, or is it just like financially just doesn't really make sense? Well, we just had a lot of setbacks over the last couple of years, you know, with mm. family health issues and stuff like oh. that. And you know, we we have written songs, we've got a ton of stuff written, but you know, it just hasn't been able to really. 
you know, we, I know we talked about doing, the, you know, the next record, making it more ska, just because the last record didn't have it. Mm. But then, you know, we write what we write. You know, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say we're just going to write ska records. We've got a bunch of songs, you know, already at least 25 songs just sitting there that we have worked out. Some recorded, some are not. You know, and I've mean, got solo stuff too recorded that you know, just going to figure out what to do with. And, Talking about doing this like little box set thing and putting a lot of stuff on there, so that gives people, you know, the initiative to go buy something different and make it. You know, you got to make everything limited edition. It's got to be special to sell it. You know, because if mm. not, you put a record out. As soon as it's out, it's online. Everybody gets it free. You know, that's I mean? true. So, will you do that? Will you do that yourself? Yeah, yeah, we will do it ourselves. Now, if someone comes in and can offer us a really good deal, but you know, this day and age, I keep myself and blame myself. There you <laughs> go. Well, so. <laughs> No, well, it's fun. It's funny because I, you know I hate to say like I said I'm not a huge ska fan. Neil's like you're like more like a first wave ska fan, right? Neil or second wave? First wave and second wave, yeah. But I'm also more of a fifties and more of a rockabilly psychabilly guy for sure. So yeah, uh, I really appreciate well, that but the, stuff so that you do. The reason the reason I say that about the ska thing is because I really do think there's a third wave ska revival going on right now. You know, Suicide oh, Machines yeah, just put out a definitely. new record, so it's probably not a lot the of great worst. underground bands. Yeah, and it's probably not the worst thing in the world to try to hop on that wave you know because the fact of the matter is the people who grew up on that stuff are now like 40 and got a few bucks in their pocket and i think i just missed it i was just a little too old where i kind of wasn't impressed like the most scott i think i could get into was like no effects i think back in that what What well no effects went through that stage they went through that stage but but you know really funny good songs songs sure Sure, Neil. See? There's a lot of people, though. A lot of people just hate it. Are they love it? You know, and then we got like, yeah. it's like I was telling you earlier, people who see the influences. I remember like, you know, the guys in Camel Corpse wearing our t shirt on Metal Hammer and those oh, crazy right? different people wearing our shirts. I'm like, man, if your fans listen to this record, they're going to freak out thinking this guy's going to be a big metal record because, you know, the dark imagery with the skulls and everything. And, yeah, we are playing Happy Star or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the horror, you know, the horror imagery. You know, but you guys never took it to the level of, of a lot of those bands. You know, you always kind of had a tongue, a little tongue in cheek. You know. Yeah, I mean, we we you know back in the nineties when you know we we could we were touring so much and we could afford to do a lot more. Had a little bit of a road crew. And then we had the UFO that would come down. It looked like a big silver sombrero with a little alien in it. It had a light, little do little guitar. <laughs> like really cheesy shit, but it was not supposed to be high tech. It was supposed to be funny you know what i mean it was supposed yeah. to be kind of edwardish sure. but you know not, yeah, i was not... gonna say edward yeah for sure yeah so was i that's bad uh, we're all thinking the same thing but but funny you know what i mean like, like Campy. Got, we wanted people to have a good time can't be not too serious laugh about it have a good time with it you know and not you know brainwash yourself into whatever you know just just have a good time you know sure. i remember we played in uh germany one time and some kid promoter called us the, the band here on the horror punk <laughs> and I like that because it's like we're a party band, you know. We are, you know, we, we like all that shit, but you know, we're really just want to have a good time. Yeah. Well, I was at, and I, not be so serious. I was actually going to ask you about that. So, where outside of the states have you played? Have you you played all over Europe and stuff, or or what? We've we've uh, man, we've had some bad luck with Europe too. We um <clears throat> we've been over there twice, and then two times we we got in a, one time we got in a bad wreck after the we did a. Uh, we did Ireland, Scotland, and we were on our way to London. We were doing some shows with the uh, guys in Madness and a couple guys in Special doing a side project, if I remember right. And then we were doing some shows at the Dam. We were doing a tour with them. Hmm. We've had a lot of tours canceled for like the bus wreck. That was that. Then another time we're going to Dam, we had somebody quit. Um, hmm. 
That would have been sweet. Yeah, we've had we've had we've had some opportunities to really miss like a tour of Japan with the Ramones. We actually had to drop off of no. really stupid, stupid reasons. So, but uh, yeah, we've we've done Europe a couple of times. We've done Canada several times. Mexico once. Want to go back there, but just haven't haven't been able to. So, so in the U.S., uncountable times. So, mm. so if you go if you if you go back and do it again, talk to talk to a young Evil Presley. <laughs> What do you, do you do something? Do you do something different, or was it just too much fun to even think about changing anything? Well, you could change it. I mean, I, I mean, there's some things I, I could have done differently, <clears throat> but you know, it would have been selling out, and I wouldn't have done it, and I still wouldn't do it. You know, it's, mm. there's, there's, you know, nah, I'm just, this is how it's meant to be. It's how it is. You know, yeah. That, that's a damn good answer, isn't it, Neil? It is. Um, yeah, but I tell you what I want to know about. I want to know about the Christmas record that you put out. Tell us a bit oh. about. Tell us a bit about that. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, everybody needs a Christmas record. Got to make a living. You know, we, we had some Christmas songs. That we were going to do a whole album, but you know, thank God when we did a couple of songs. <laughs> so. so did he do? No, a that mic? was on vi- That was actually on vinyl, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. there's a seven inch of that on Snub Records. They they did that. Okay. So. And the CD has the demo versions. We actually put the demos out first, and then Snow Records came in, and they were like, we'll put it out. I'm like, cool. Oh, it's and they had a really good label out of DC. Yeah, that, oh. one, that, one, that one's not on Discogs, because I was just looking at the, uh, it just says it's a CD. So, interesting. Hmm. Well, it's 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 funny. Listen, Ramones did Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. You can't argue that, right? Uh, great song. Great I think song. the Misfits did like five like later days. Christmas song. Yeah, that was a great song. It was. It was, it was, it was a, great a great song. Yeah. <laughs> but it really wasn't. I mean, it, it was a Christmas song in about the same way that like Fairy Tale of New York is a Christmas song. You know, I mean, it's like a great yeah. song that happens to have Christmas sort of as a backdrop. But and everyone can relate to it. Exactly. Well, I and I used to hate Christmas songs no matter what who was doing it. But I've actually grown pretty fond of collecting that stuff lately too. I think I would probably blame it on our friend Sloppy Seconds, their lonely Christmas single from about oh, twenty five yeah. about twenty five <laughs> years ago. So it's so it's funny. The first the I I don't know if it was the first time I ever saw you guys, but uh, quite a few years ago now, it's probably ten years ago. You guys were playing a festival in Grand Rapids. It was called I think it was called Going Nowhere Fest. And Is I'm that sure Sloppy Seconds. It was, and I'm sure you guys were yeah, on tour. Okay. I'm sure you guys were on tour. And my buddy Scott and I, who are huge Sloppy Seconds fans and have kind of, over the years, become like deadheads falling sloppy around. That doesn't go a show where he doesn't mention Sloppy Seconds, I swear. <laughs> sloppy Seconds and Necros. <laughs> the great, yeah. And Necros, the great horror punk band from Momie, Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, but, but no, I, don't, I, I was just going to ask if he remembers this show, Neil, because I think I talked about it before. Because Independence were like the second to last band to play and Sloppy was playing last. And the, there was hardly anybody there during the day, but as it went on, it went like by the time by the time Independence played, there was starting to be a crowd there. And then, um, like Sloppy was supposed to come on, and the cops came in and broke it up. Do you remember that? Or uh, yeah, 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 I totally remember that. I totally remember that. That was fun. It was as it actually turned out to be a lot of fun. I kind of that's kind of where we met the Sloppy guys and kind of became friendly with them. So it all it all worked out all right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where we met them too, and we were staying at the same hotel with them. Okay. The promoter put up. And we, I remember we pulled up and it was like a prostitute crack hotel. <laughs> they pulled up and they just said "fuck this" and pulled out. And we we're like, "Oh, we gotta stay here, man. We got no other choice right now because, you know, we're broke." Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember walking down the hall to our room, every door would open and you see the eyeball look at you. Every door. Would open. <laughs> like, holy fuck. We had a guy sleep in the van. He's like clutching his little pocket knife all night, saying people out there selling crack and, you know, you know prostitutes all night. They thought they were hoping we you were the meth. They were hoping you were the meth man. Dude. Yeah, that was, that was definitely <laughs> obvious. That That's funny. Obvious. So they were did you. Big time. Did you go over when they moved, when the when the cops shut it down, the sloppy ended up playing at that other club? Did you go over to that other club? No, no, we didn't. We, okay. we, were, we had to drive back to South Carolina the next day. I don't even know if we were aware they were playing, and we just went back to the hotel to try to crash out. Ah. Uh, and well, But, yeah, we didn't. I, did, I didn't know at the time they played until later. But yeah, I will was... say that place had a breakfast buffet, and Willie B ate at the fucking breakfast <laughs> buffet. He will not and... miss a meal. And now he has gonorrhea. I was gonna know he was he was but, sick but all the next day. But it's funny, he drove but, all the way back to fifteen hours nonstop. I, was, uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's a brutal drive, Neil. I've done it several times. And usually when we go down there for spring break, like I'll do half of it. We'll stop in Kentucky or something. But on the way back, I'm usually in a hurry to get back and I'll do the whole thing. Sometimes it's seventeen, eighteen hours ago. Oh, shit. Bear. That's a long fucking drive. Well, you were you know, I'm a Midwest. I'm a Midwesterner, though. Neil doesn't get this growing up in England. You know, England is basically the size of, like, half of Wisconsin, right? He doesn't realize that yeah, yeah. us we, we live in this great big country, and we drive all over the place. I drove two hours yesterday, or two hours last weekend, just to go to a place so I go to a record store in Indiana where they were open. You know, we drive. Yeah. We don't care. Dude, the, last time, I went, the last time I went to Florida. Younger and I'm lazy. Last, yeah. time, last time I went to Florida, it was, like, 30 bucks on the plane. So I think I'll be flying. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I'll be flying. <laughs> well... So, so are you, and we've been asking a lot of people this too, are you even daring to consider starting to book dates again yet? Or are you just kind of hanging tight to see what happens? Well, right now my, my main concern is my father. I'm just kind of, oh, you know, sure. taking care of him, doing what I can with him. And, you know, if, you know, things aren't too good right now with that. So mm. I'm not even thinking about doing anything until, you know, that's kind of resolved, you know, and hopefully for the best, you know, um, yeah, yeah. We we are talking to a, a, a new booking agent, and I know that he's booking a lot of bigger bands right now, and he's even kind of holding off. So we're just kind of like, you know, well, I, I don't want to book stuff and have to cancel again. I hate yeah. canceling shows, so we're just going to wait yeah. and see what happens. I mean, even doing stuff live streaming, we had a lot of offers to do, you know, private shows for people, the acoustic kumbaya shit. And I haven't even seen Will because I've been so busy with my father. And then, you know, this is the first interview I've done. I'm, I'm going to do something tomorrow night with uh, George from Fifty Glow Skulls. And mm. then I'm going right back to, you know, my father's in the hospital right now. So I had a little break. Oh. So yeah, well, that's really like, that's my main concern. So. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your father, man. That sucks. And I appreciate you taking the taking the time to talk to us. I hope we, I hope we're, I hope we're able to lift your spirits for a little bit before you have to go back to real life yeah, at course. least. Uh, but, I love uh, talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> we do too. And that's why, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people get nervous about, oh, interview, interview. It's like, we're just going to BS a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. The and the fact of the matter is, yeah. you know, right now, you're not even really promoting anything. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that being said, listen, go to theindependence.net and buy some T-shirts so the dude can afford to stay home for a couple months before he goes on tour. I, I definitely would encourage people to do that. Our songs. There you go. <laughs> And 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 you're gonna have to inquire. You're gonna have to send a private message to see about him wearing it for a day first. So he made no made no commitment, but I'm pretty sure you could work something out if the price was right. So I see. What, how many? How many so- Twenty bucks, man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. How many? How many songs we got left? You know, one or two. Uh, we got we got one. I mean, he can always throw in a second one. It's not a big deal. Sure, but we, we, can always, well, we can always we can always finish with a Ramon song, right? Yeah, actually, we could. Yeah, that's or a, a Michael Gray a Michael Gray's Misfit song. Well, that that's a good idea. Hey, um. 
Is this is there something you would like to hear that's uh, not by the independents that uh, that you would like to one of your influences would, or something? I would love. I would. I will. I will put this out there. I would love for Warner Brothers to release the songs that we recorded with Joey. I know we recorded a version of Secret Agent Man for them. Really? For a, a comp that's never come out. And I think there's a bootleg out there somewhere on the internet if you want to look it up if you can find it. I would love to have that released. That's surprising, actually, because anything with Joey now, you'd think, obviously, he's been gone almost 20 years. You'd think anything would yeah. be, you know, they try to get all that stuff out there. I mean, if they press that on vinyl, somebody would buy it. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, I mean, I just do some pick it up. My, my wife's, my shit, wife's really, pointing at me. The other guys my wife's are, pointing at me going, you, you would buy that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You <laughs> might cut you off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, a, it's a good version of the song. We, we recorded a few things with him. I've got, I mean, that's one thing. I've got tons of, of videos and stuff like that in a warehouse that I need to really put together. You know, concert tours, touring with, you know, Billy Glass goes on a Fermi tour. Every night was 5,000 people. You know, it was huge. Mm. The Ramones tours, the Queers tours. I mean, a lot, a lot of fun tours, our own tours, you know, back in the day. And mm. hopefully one day I'll get off my lazy ass and, and figure out how to put it from, DV, from VHS to DVD or whatever the hell it is. So. That's the that's the irony of the situation is you've got all this time to do with this stuff, but you got to deal with your your father's situation. Yeah, Otherwise, you, yeah. you'd have a lot of time to be working on this stuff. Yeah, I just have to find someone to, to help me do it because I am just about stupid when it comes to all this. Uh, shit. You and <laughs> me both. Like, asking dude. about the video, this video because tomorrow I know it's video. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on it, video. It, it's funny you say that because our our mutual friend Todd up here. Uh, yeah. He he we he and I have been talking and we, we would love to get his that he has a ton of crabs music and he's just sitting on it. We oh, would love man, to get it on Bandcamp. Band. Yeah, they were great. I, they were I, our I favorites. Him, I played with them so many I times told, over the years. I told him about C D Baby about that and they really yeah. helped us out because you know, you pay so much and they get it everywhere and they do all that stuff for you. And it really is you know, for me huh. to try to do so much different things, it just helps when you've got one source to do a lot of things for you that you can mm. trust and CD Baby's always been really good to us. That's cool. You know, because he, yeah. he actually, we've been talking about trying to do this stuff, and he's like, hey, you know, can we do this? Or, you know, kind of talk to me. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. But I don't know what the hell I'm yeah. doing either. I literally have no idea how any of this stuff works. I don't know how Bandcamp works. I don't know how any of it works. But we're going to try to figure it out, get some of this stuff out there. That's one That's one really cool thing about, you know, punk music and being, you know, when we did. Like, I just talked to Todd a month ago about this. And I've been knowing that guy for 20-something years, and we're still in, I'm mm-hmm. still in touch with all these people I've known that's for sweet, thirty something sweet. years, yep. and, you know, and you, and you just pick the phone up. You haven't talked to them in five years. It's like not a day's passed. Yeah, that's yep. one thing I, I really appreciate about the time that we all came up with. You know, yeah. So. Well, and it's fun. It's funny because that's still. So you know, Neil and I both played music when we were younger. We haven't for quite some time, but we just kind of want to do this thing, and it's the same thing. It's like, man, we've we've it's what we've what's great is like we've talked to people and then they become friends with other people we talk to. And it's this weird. So at least at our age, it's still like a family type of thing. Right. Yeah. It is. Like, awesome. yeah. like, like you came on our show now, we're going to always be independent supporters. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, you oh, know, you I put out a new, that. you put out a new video or something. We're going to help, you know, we're going to pass your video around. It's just, it's just, you know, it is. there you go. I want to see you strut, man. I want to, I want you to reenact <laughs> that scene from, uh, uh, no. What's it? No. What sounds of the sounds of, yeah. No, I knew you were going there. <laughs> Stop it. Stop I it. You wouldn't need your underwear. Okay, for forty bucks is forty bucks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, Neil. Let's play that last independent song. Put the lotion we, in the fucking course, basket. He, he thought about that other song, and we don't have a copy of that. Don't no, I'm so. not going to be able. To, I just checked. Actually, I couldn't. I couldn't find that. Up. So, right. we're going to do. Is it? Okay. Is it bloody night or bloody knife or both? Bloody night, bloody knife. Both. There we go. That All works. right. Yes, both. That was a song that it's real crazy. Um, 
Mike Park from Skank and Pickle yep. had deal records, and they were putting out a ska comp. And my buddy Mitta from Stockton, California, calls me up. He's like, hey, man, the Mighty Mighty Boston's can't get their song on. If you can get me a copy of this song in the mail tomorrow by noon, I can get on the record. And huh. so we rushed and, and got it into him, and, and they put it on there. And that was a, a really good big break for us. That really got you know that record sold, God knows how many copies all over the world, and that really broke us. That really really helped. Isn't us that out. funny, Neil? How small the world, small world is because we had another guy, on, uh, Rick Johnson from Mustard Plug, and he does a yeah. podcast with Mike Park, who's of course been running Asian like Man him. for what twenty something yeah. years, right? Twenty years, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I thought but, I I thought you were going to tell the Rick Sims story. About him getting you know, a, getting well, a song on the that, Big Offspring Joe, album. We had Joe on the last week, and Joe, uh, his his label is, is like a subsidiary of uh, Asian Man. Yeah, that's right. Or something. Really? Yeah. It's a small. It's a small world, dude. It's very small inbred. Yeah. It, it's. It, I always say, you know, there used to be that game was called the Six, six degrees, degrees of Kevin Bacon or something. Yeah, yeah, six yeah, degrees. Yeah. And, and punk rock is even smaller. It's like three degrees. Like if you know somebody, oh, I guarantee yeah. you know somebody within three. You know, like our random friend in Grand Rapids or whatever. You know, it's just it's funny. All right, so yeah. play Bloody Knife, Bloody Night, and then uh, I don't know. We'll get some parting thoughts. All right, Bloody Night, Bloody Knife. <laughs> Sure, she kind of came home with me that night. But I know what she's taking her life. Well, she kind of got that line. And with a flash in my switchblade knife, I knew she'd always, always be mine. She came into a bedroom, looked her own, and she was sure the judge deserves to be up to the world. And that's what happened. I should have said, Bloody Night, Lord and
there it was. Last song by the Independence tonight. Unless I un- unless I decide yeah, to play us out with one, maybe maybe I'll play us out with one, but we'll see. We didn't play Into the Light, did we? Or did we play that? Uh, we no, didn't. didn't. No, we didn't. That's kind of somber, though, isn't it? Down. Yeah, no kidding. That's kind of somber. Maybe we'll skip that. Well, I was maybe going to play us out with Fire and Ice, because his voice is amazing on Fire and Ice. He, sounds, right. he sounds more like Elvis than uh, than our boy Danzig does. Sounds like El- than Danzig does in the new Elvis oh, don't even Don't even say that. That's for another day, I, man. I, I wish you would have done that. I wish you would have done that, you know, 20 years, years ago. ago. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Sounds that, a little That's the song you did for Lesson Zero. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Song oh, yeah, yeah. Lesson Zero. Yep. Well, man, I, I love it. I love that. That just, I wish you did more songs like that. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Danzig fan, as I'm sure, I'm sure you are. Neil's not, I don't think, but, but it just, it's never been the same since the original band broke up, you know? Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. and, and not that he hasn't done some good stuff. It's kind of like Alice Cooper. I always make the Alice Cooper analogy. Alice Cooper's done some good solo stuff, but the when it was the Alice Cooper band, oh, so good. Oh, it was yeah. magical. You, you had all those guys in there right stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was magical. Magical. Are, are you guys done going down memory lane here? <laughs> I mean, we're, <laughs> way, we're going way down memory lane. We're talking like late 60s now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we, you know, we no, should have maybe Alice Cooper guys. They they're still out there playing. And no. we uh, we did the uh, Chiller things for years and years, and those guys would always be there, and they jump on stage, and we do a couple of Alice Cooper tunes and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're they're still playing, and they all got back together. Yep. I think in England or somewhere last year, songs. and everyone was still alive. Yeah. They were, yeah, I think four of the too, four so. of the five of them are still alive. Yeah, and I know yeah. they did. I think the new Alice Cooper record has several. Songs with the original lineup, or a handful of songs, or some of the original lineup. Yeah. I don't know. Is but yeah, I don't know. What's your what's your what's your parting thoughts, Evil? What's your <laughs> what's your wisdom that you're gonna <laughs> leave us with after uh, yes. nearly thirty years being chewed up by the music business? I don't know. Just you know, enjoy yourself. Do what you love to do, and do it the best you can. And you know, don't do it because you love it, and because you you know, you only got one life, and you know, it's gonna be gone, and. You can have all the money in the world, but if you ain't happy, what the fuck good's gonna do? You Dude, know? That, that was that was right out of Spinal Tap. That was the keyboard player from Spinal Tap, right there. <laughs> have a good time all the time. That's my motto. Exactly. <laughs> Don't be. Uh, a it's, it's true. <laughs> but if you're gonna be miserable, you might as well have money, right? I mean, I guess I'd rather. Yeah. I'd rather... <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been happy and poor and ugly my whole life. There's so. a lot of miserable rich people out there. Yeah, that's but... true. You know, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy things that make you happy. Right? Like records, Sometimes. you know. It can buy records, yeah. That's true <laughs> enough. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So, wow, that got really fucking deep there right at the end. Yeah, thanks thanks it, for that, everybody. Deep. As a matter of fact, we yes. need our hip waders on. Yeah. I'm, I'm here in Michigan. We're flooding. Yeah. I'm gonna float away. All right. Play, play into the light so we can get the funeral crowd going. But yeah, no, hey, listen, man, we wanted to say <laughs> say thanks for thanks for coming on. We enjoyed having you. I mean, you got, uh, man. You, no, thank uh, you for having me. I wish Thank I wish you, so you had your whole I wish you had your whole life on video like that uh what was that reality movie a few years ago like uh you know what I'm talking about those movies like where the guy was on film the whole his whole life yeah yeah I know what you mean like like can, the Truman can, Show or whatever yeah Truman How Show how would yeah. you like yeah, to watch yeah. Evil's like whole show just yeah hanging out with hang Molly, Molly Ringwald and stuff yeah. Great videos, yeah. hanging in New York really, with Joey Ramon yeah. yeah well you should I've digitize that you should digitize I, I need stuff. to. It's great stuff. Yeah, I, I think I even got one. I, I remember the story. We, we played with this band, the Schaefers, in Dalton, Georgia, and we were doing a Halloween party. And it was at a house party. And I remember we were driving up, and these fucking these uh, decorations everywhere. And there was a couple on this fence, and it was like 
dead looking doll looking things and and we were freaked out what kind of cool we get there it was all decked out and we played anyway i was you know we find out two days later that somebody actually dug some bodies up and popped them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. yeah it's so crazy shit. wow somewhere of that i remember telling joey he thought that was one of the stories he thought was so funny you know like the person died thing like weird shit but yeah they, yeah some weird videos i got some crazy stuff like some of the stuff some of the people are not with us anymore, so I gotta really check and see if I can put that out. <laughs> well, but that's that's almost even more magical, you know. I mean, new videos of Joey or whatever, you know, where you, I mean, that would that be that would be really cool, man. I think, I think we'd like to see that. So when you when you get your box set together and when you get your home videos together, you'll have to come back and talk to us more, and we'll uh, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. I'd love to help, yeah, man, help help push that thing out there. So. So yeah, thanks so much for talking to us, dude. I really enjoyed it. And next time uh, you come to town, I'll make sure you get a face to go with the voice because I'm look like most of your fans at this point: belly, no hair, graying beard. Not like me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but about a half a foot shorter at least. <laughs> at least last time uh, I saw you. I mean, I'm, maybe buy wearing... a Willie Nelson wig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you're wearing creepers. That might put you up there a little bit, but I still think you're pretty tall. So yeah, my degree, that. So. that that would have been that would have been great as you as a singer of the Misfits. You could have stung, you know, stood toe to toe with Doyle and and uh, they're actually a little some, shorter than me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, not like Danzig. I mean, it, wouldn't, guy's a, it wouldn't look right. It wouldn't look right. Yeah, exactly. But all right, hey man, thanks. I hope, yeah, thanks. Hope, you're, uh, hope, you're, hope your dad's doing better. And yep. uh, man, we'll, thank we'll you very much, man. Thanks. Catch up with you down the road. We're gonna play. We're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play a song out, Neil. Yeah, I'm gonna play us out with Fire and Ice. Which is vo- right, his voice right. is spectacular on that one. So yeah, good Thank luck you. to you and good luck to your family, my friend. And thanks for coming. Good luck on. to you guys too. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Oh, but no worries, you. man. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yep. Bye. Like fire and fire.